God's word comes from Psalm 51, verses 7 to 19. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, and let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, for my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure, build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good morning, New Hope, and also those of you um, that we didn't see uh, last week. Uh, Happy New Year, and may God's blessing and favor and protection be upon you and your family. So theme for this year, 2023, is life being poured out. In order for us to be um, really receiving God's outpouring grace and also uh, to be poured out unto one another, the first point that I shared last Sunday is that we need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare our own vessels in order to receive properly. Uh, So, Uh, Beginning from today, for the next 12 weeks, uh, we as a church, as a family of God, we're going through through this program, uh, Heart Detox. Uh, So ready or not, uh, we're going to begin this. I know that uh, many of you uh, have gone through some kind of detox, uh, whether it's a physical or even uh, spiritual way. And as we go through heart detox, uh, may you examine to know where your heart is. Not only that, uh, that God may really minister to uh, your heart. Uh, I would like to open uh, with a statement that healthy spiritual walk is possible through renewing of heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, heart is very sensitive and yet a very significant uh, part of who we are. In a way, it is almost like a root of everything. Everything that we do, it comes from our heart. Therefore, when we have damaged heart, when we do not cultivate and protect our own heart, it becomes greatest stumbling block 
obstacle when it comes to spiritual growth. Not only that, it affects every aspect of our lives. Every sphere of our relationship. For example, your relationship with God. The fact that you are today, you're here worshiping the Lord. You're here physically, but I want to ask you the question. Uh, are you worshiping the Lord with your heart this morning? Is your heart in it? I remember talking to uh, one of the college students, and the reason why he cannot come to church on Sunday It's because he's busy during semester. He has to study for the exam. He has to submit a paper and so on. And then uh, the semester ended and it's a break. And still, uh, he cannot come because during break, he has to sleep in and he has to go out with his friends. But at the end of the day, it's not exam. It's not about going out or sleeping in. Uh, you have to admit that your heart is not in it. Uh, if your husband goes out and be well respected by other people and he respects and he pursues excellence and yet uh, he's so mean to you or rude to you or very abusive, at the end of the day, uh, you got to admit uh, he doesn't love you. the way that God wants him to love you. I mean, it doesn't matter how much we come with our own excuses and framework. Um, the question is, uh, do we have a heart? And what kind of heart do we have? Whether we serve, whether we have a quiet time, whether we worship, but also whether we serve our family and uh, work in our work places as well. Some of us, we have a damaged heart that is so bitter. Some of us, we have this resentment. Externally, we're nice and we put smile. And yet deep in our heart, we have a grudge. We have a resentment towards someone in our lives. I remember about six, seven years ago, one of the deacons from RKM, he came to me and said, Pastor Jason, you know what? I really dislike this person, almost to the point of cursing this person. And when I heard that my heart was in trouble because we come to church and we serve and yet deep in our heart we like, curse someone. And then the fact that he is worshiping with passion Why you're cursing deep in your heart. And the fact that he's sharing this openly with me as if he's entitled to say this. Some of us, we have a resentment or a very distorted heart towards God. And one person who hasn't been coming out to church and she made a New Year's resolution, she came to church. And after worship ended, uh, she was going back out again to the parking lot and then realized that her car was scratched in a church parking lot. At that moment, she was so bitter to God. God, how could you do this to me? 
I came out to worship God and then my car is scratched. I'm not going to come back to worship you. You see, the way that our heart works, what kind of heart do you have towards God? What kind of heart do you have towards life, to yourself, to your loved ones? Maybe some of us, we have damaged heart, or even to the point where that is so broken and shattered, or some of us, we may even have a toxic heart because we never paid careful attention. That with that spiritual walk is all about going through ritual and motion and habit of coming out on Sunday and then we do the checklist of worshiping God and gift hiding and then we serve a little bit and then go back. And then as if that we are doing our responsibility. Not only on Sunday, but every day that you go home and then you do what you're supposed to do as a father and as a mother. You do chores and you fulfill all the responsibility as if you are doing everything that you could as a father or a mother or as a spouse. And yet your heart is not in it. Even as a preacher, I can do that. Every Sunday I can preach without really loving God and without loving you. And even this morning when our praise team was ministering with a creative a clean heart, I had to examine my heart and the way that God wants to renew my heart to love God but also love people that I serve. So therefore, next 12 weeks, we're going through, uh, you may not like the title. I mean, we're brainstorming and some of the lead pastors of other campuses, what about heart detox? So we didn't want to waste too much time, so we came up with this title. But I hope and pray that you open your heart to receive the word of the Lord. Otherwise, it is not going to be heart detox, but it's going to be heart Botox. That your heart's going to be so swollen and not being really properly going through healing, okay? So I don't want heart Botox, but heart detox, amen? So today's uh, message is about uh, orientation or intro message. The first point is this, toxic heart leads to toxic thoughts and behaviors. We have to recognize that our mind, the way we think, and our hearts are deeply intertwined. Of course, our brain, our thought will really affect the way we feel, our emotion, and our heart as well. But on the other hand, also our heart also affects the way we think, we process as well. So the whole part of today's message and the next series is not about which one is first, but when God talks about heart, it deeply matters because it affects our way that we live our life. And today's Psalm 51, it is a confession and prayer repentance of King David. And as you know, that King David was known as a man after God's own heart. Man after God's own heart. 
There are only few people in the Bible who was affirmed and recognized by God that, you know what, he is a child or he is man after my own heart. And that's what King David was. And yet even King David falls. No one's perfect that we could fall. And yet because of his heart and hidden sin in his heart, not only covering, but it leads to toxic thought, toxic behavior. After he committed adultery and affair, his toxic thought leads to, you know what, I need to lie. I need to lie. I need to cover this up. And not only that, he ended up eventually killing somebody who is loyal, faithful servant. See, toxic heart leads to toxic mind, the way we think that somehow it is okay to lie, it is okay to hurt somebody, and actually even commit a murder. That we cannot just finger point David, but same thing with you and me. All of us were vulnerable. That if we do not protect and cleanse and deal with our hearts sincerely, right away, it affects every sphere of life. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? What Bible is saying is that our heart is very deceitful. Yes, my heart, your heart. And it could get really sick if we do not pay attention and deal properly. Maybe some of your heart is sick. That your heart is damaged, deceitful in the eyes of God. So what are some of the symptoms of toxic thoughts and behaviors? Some of us, we think that as long as I am fine, I can do whatever I want. I can hurt somebody because I'm entitled. I'm angry. Even some of the physical abuse taking place at home. What about verbal abuse? That you are constantly abusing emotionally, verbally. And some of us, our heart is always like feeling like that you are the only victim. It's everyone else's fault, always, that you don't take any responsibility, even though you did something wrong. Or some of your heart is like, that everyone somehow like hates you. It's like cognitive error uh, by well-known a researcher, Aaron Beck, the cognitive error is like jumping to a negative conclusion. I have a person uh, who 
fin after finishing her study, went back to hometown and wanted to reconnect with her high school friend through Facebook. So she requested friend request. And yet this high school friend uh, didn't respond at all. So then she was so devastated. Maybe that friend hates me. And then eventually it developed to the point where, you know, maybe entire high school friends hate me. And then it continued on and saying, maybe everyone hates me. And later she fell into depression because of that. And found out that uh, her friend doesn't do Facebook anymore. And yet, it's like jumping to negative conclusion. I have to say, you know, a few weeks ago, one of the deacons uh, wanted to meet me one-on-one. -on -one. My immediate thought was, oh, man, he's leaving our church. I met with him, and then his thing was, uh, Pastor Jason, I want to grow in 2023. What can I do to grow spiritual walk? And yet, you know, like, our hearts over the many experiences, like, somehow, like, if it happens to me, it happens to many of us, that somehow our toxic thoughts and even behaviors shape our relationship, the way we encounter, the way we respond to one another. Henry David Thoreau said, thought is a sculptor who can create the person you want to be. I think it has a really good point. Let's think that in your refrigerator you have a food that is rotting. Just because you deny it and never open refrigerator doesn't mean that the food is never rotting. What you need to do is you gotta take it out, you gotta throw it away, and you gotta do dishes and then clean it, sanitize it. Just because your body is like really dirty, you know, just putting all this cologne or perfume doesn't mean that you become cleaner. You gotta go and take bath. You gotta take shower in order to cleanse your body, not perfume or cologne. In the same way, when your heart is rotting, when your heart is toxic, you gotta bring it out. And you gotta deal with it. And yet, I find that many people, even Christian brothers and sisters, we never process in our heart. We never really bring it out and open it up before the Lord and we just go through motion and put some perfume and like put smile on and pretend that we're fine. What about your marriage? What about your family? Have you have evaluation each time, each month or every year? Like where your heart is in your marriage? Where your heart as a mother? Where is your heart as you go out to work? Do we really process? I think next week's silent retreat will be, I think, an amazing opportunity for you to really just see where you are. Where is your heart? Because chances are, many times, our heart is long gone. Our heart is not in it. 
And that's why we feel so dry. We feel empty. As we go a little more further, um, the second point is this. We need to recognize our own heart development. Or I'm going to talk about maturity of our heart, our emotion, next Sunday, a little more. But today, it's more of an orientation, as I mentioned. Based on Timothy Jennings, uh, there are different levels of our heart development. From first level to seventh level. Maybe you can kind of measure or evaluate where your heart is, the way you make decisions, where you feel and respond in life. He says, first level is this reward and punishment. Okay. Reward and punishment. Um, he uses a very rudimentary example of like brushing teeth. Okay. Little kids. When your child brushes teeth, um, he or she gets rewarded. Doesn't get punished. So you do because you want to get rewarded. First level, uh, Israelites, when they didn't know God, uh, they had to obey because they thought like, you know what, if we obey, if we worship God, we get rewarded. But if we don't, we get punished. Some of us, we come to church even with that kind of first level of heart. I got to go to church because if I go to church, somehow God's going to bless me 2023. If I skip church, maybe something bad will happen. Punishment. But what Timothy Jennings saying that even your dog will do that. Like you get, they get rewarded. Like cookie, right? Like if you wiggle your you know, tail, like you get cookie. Good job. You get rewarded. Okay. And yet some of us were stuck. The first level of our heart. Second level is like exchange. Exchange. So going back once again, if you brush your teeth, uh, you get to watch Papa Petrol. Yeah, that's exchange. If I do something, I get something in return. Right? I remember when I was in high school, I used to hate doing lawn mowing. And my father came up with a solution. If you do it, I'll give you 20 bucks. Guess what? I did it. I didn't care about lawn mowing. I didn't care about helping out my dad. I wanted to get 20 bucks. So you do that exchange, right? God called Israelites, you know what, come out. I will take you to the land of promise. Land with flowing with the milk and honey. Yeah, you know what? Something better. Sure, we exchange. We do something in return. There are some of us, we serve God because when we serve God, we get something in return. We get recognition. Right? And when we don't get recognized, man, forget about it. You know what? No more serving. If we don't get something, title or position, forget it. The third level is like social conformity. Um, if you don't brush your teeth, 
and you go to school, they make fun of you. And everyone brushes their teeth. What's wrong with you? And that's that. Like Israelites going into the wilderness, and then everyone, other, other people have idols. So we need to have idol. So they make golden calf. They go into Israel, uh, promised land, and other people have their own king. So we got to have our own king. Social conformity. Oh, everyone's coming out to church. I got to go. But, oh, no one's coming out to church. Oh, then I shouldn't go. Right? Social conformity. The fourth level is a law and order. Right? You make rules. You make law. And you got to follow the law, right? And many of us, well, we do that, right? That's the rule. I mean, you got to do QT. Uh, you know, Bible says, you know, you got to read the word of the Lord. So you do rule base, you do law, and you follow. You shouldn't be speeding. Why? Because the law says you shouldn't be speeding, and if you do, you get ticketed, and you get insurance go up. So it's not really about being careful or protecting other people's lives, but you don't want to get ticketed. So we do, based on law. And when someone violates law, I mean, we don't feel comfortable. A lot of title-telling, even in church, right? Someone breaks the rule. Someone violates God's word. We cannot tolerate that. Number five, five level is like, fifth level is a love for other people. This is when you begin to mature a little bit, right? You got to brush your teeth because... You know what? It's being considered. Come on. It's not about people making fun of you. You got to be considered. So when you go to see dentist, you got to brush your teeth, right? Because when you open your mouth and your dentist will have a hard time when you have a bad breath. So you got to be considerate to your dentist. You got to be considerate to other people. The reason why you serve because other people matter to you. You care. You want to be there for your peers and partners. When your group members are like working and they're tired, if you don't help out, like they get burnt out. So you love, you care for them. When your small group leader is preparing something and cooking, and then, yeah, you will not be punished not showing up. You are not breaking the rule not showing up. But because you care for your small group leader, you want to be there. You want to run the race together. Now, that's a sign of maturity, which leads to sixth level, principle-based living or living in harmony. And he uses again, brushing teeth, like when you don't brush your teeth, you get germ, you get bacteria, and then your teeth will be ruined when you're young, and you will suffer when you get older. So you have this principle, you have a life, and you understand And the seventh level, which is the mature way of doing is that, you know what? You recognize that you are created in the image of God. And Bible says your body is a temple of God. And you, don't, you want to have healthy life so that you will be good stewards for God. And you can glorify God with your health, with your condition. 
And you can apply it into so many areas, right? The way that you come home and loving your wife, right? If I do something bad, would I be cut? Am I getting the, you know, trouble by my spouse or by my parents? You can't operate that. But if you're a little more mature, what is the best way for me to really love my family? Even high school students are asking, if gambling, sports gambling is legal, I mean, is it an okay for us to do sport gambling? You are stuck with the fourth level, law and order. But if you go a little more deeper, mature, is that the way you are going to love your family? Is that the way that you are going to protect your family? And the deepest maturity, is that the way that you want to honor God? And yet, many of us, our heart development, some of us, maybe we're growing mature. Maybe some of us, like I noticed that even at church, like holding position and you've been serving for the 20, 30 years, and yet your heart maturity is like still stuck in first level or second level. You will do it when you get rewarded. And you will not repent it unless you get caught. Or you will do it when you feel like you are being shamed. Notice that David wanted to hide and deny it for 12 months. And he was stuck. Forget about 12 months. Maybe some of us, we've been living in this way for the past 30, 40 years, and we're stuck. That we've been focusing so much about our career maturity development. We've been focusing so much about our financial development, moving up to the ladder, and yet we never really paid careful attention of our heart growing. Not only some of us were stuck, but we're regressing. Verse 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And here it's more of a willing heart, volunteering heart in other translations. volunteering heart. So we need to be mature so that not like have to kind of heart, but mature heart. Which leads to my last point of today's message. The blood of Jesus Christ has a power to create a new heart. The reason why we're stuck or reason why we're regressing in our heart and still remain as a toxic is because we do not bring our heart to the blood of Jesus Christ, to the throne of God. Many of us, we hide our heart. We cover up our heart. Or we don't want to think about it. So we fixate on behaviors. We fixate on our external beings. And we don't pay attention to our heart matters. But finally, after David trying to cover or deny 
or turning away, after 12 months, he recognized that this will not do anything good. And he brings it to God. In verse 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me. I shall be whiter than snow. Here, the hyssop in the Old Testament time was a branch where you dip it into the blood of sacrificial animal. And with the blood you sprinkle, and that was a ritual symbolizing that you'll be cleansed by the blood of the sacrifice. And what David is saying is, creating me a clean heart, that when I come with a broken heart and being sprinkled with the blood of the sacrifice, I'll be cleansed. And lo and behold, that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, that Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood on the cross, and with that blood, when we are covered, when we are sprinkled, not only giving us a salvation to go to heaven or to have a relationship with God, but he cleans and he creates a new heart, the Bible says. How is it possible? I'm not talking about superficial way, but God has created who we are as a being, as a human being, that we are created in the image of God. God has given us a heart. Therefore, only person who can renew our heart, who can fix our heart, who can give us a new heart is God and God himself. And that is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the power of the gospel. Do you truly believe that power of the gospel, the blood of Jesus Christ, can cleanse and renew your toxic heart? That God sanctifies your heart? In verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken, contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. That when we bring the contrite heart, broken heart, that God will never reject. God will never despise us. Because that's what we're supposed to do. And yet the reason why many of us were stuck, many of us, we are regressing is because we never bring our heart honestly open. We think that we are okay. We pretend that we are better. Listen to the conversation between Jesus and Pharisees. Pharisees wanted to tackle. Pharisees wanted to attack Jesus to find something wrong. So they were asking all these rule-based questions about adultery, about stealing, about hurting one another and yet you know what jesus said matthew chapter 5 verse 27 28 you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery but i say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart meaning you are looking at behavior but i care about your heart You are talking about rule-based killing someone, but I'm talking about your heart hating someone. So what do we mean by open heart is that you bring your heart honestly to God and say, God, I'm struggling in my heart that I do not love you the way that I love you. Lord, 
I do not love someone precious in my family or someone the way that I'm supposed to love. That's when you got to bring your heart first and you got to deal with it right there then. But for so long that we leave it and we put it in the closet and let it rot. Let it pollute it. And no wonder why we lose a sense of joy, life. So when your heart is not in it, when your heart is something there is wrong, you got to bring it right there then. And what God does is that when we bring it, the word of the Lord, the blood of Jesus Christ, and the spirit of Jesus Christ start working again, ministering. And if there's any area that you need to really repent, if there's any area where like, it went wrong, you start repenting, you start recognizing, yes, God. Instead of blaming or defending or justifying, you say, yes, God. That's right. And as you have contrite heart, you repent before the Lord, God gives you grace and a new way to respond and your heart start beating again stimulated by the word of the Lord and you have desire to love that person properly you have a desire to serve God properly you have desire to serve one another in verse 19 then will you Delight in rice sacrifices, in burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings, then bulls will be offered on your altar. Meaning, you become whole. You become whole, and you offer proper life unto the Lord. So, brothers and sisters, this is what we're going through in the next 12 weeks. I hope and pray that you'll be open your heart. Maybe some of us, it's been too long it went too far to the point where maybe heart detox would, may not be enough. Maybe some of us maybe need heart open surgery. And I don't know where you are, but I hope and pray that, that you'll be able to really look into your heart and open it and bring it to God first let me conclude today's message one who opens his or her heart experiences healing and restoration let's pray together today what a perfect Sunday because we are going to respond with the communion Please do not go through a motion of communion because we do this every month. Where is your heart before God? Is your heart rotting? Or maybe you don't know where your heart is. 
for so long. You've been going through just a motion of living life that is just full of responsibility, chores, because that's what people do. You come out to church, you serve, you go home, you fulfill responsibility, you go to work, and yet deep down, something is missing, something is not whole. Let's invite our God once again in our hearts. Let's open up our hearts. And let's bring it. Maybe you cannot fix your heart by yourself, but you got to open it. You got to bring it to God. And let the word of the Lord, the power of blood and the gospel minister to your heart. If there is any sin in your heart, I want to give you an opportunity right now to repent. Let's not come up with different reasons or excuses or other, other factors. You know what? If it's not right, you got to just say, God, it went wrong. And I need you to minister to me. And this is what Jesus said. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I earnestly desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. You know, Jesus didn't do it because he had to, but he earnestly desired in his heart, wanting to do this, not only with his disciples, but even with us. So at this time, I would like to invite those, only those who have received Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. So if you feel that you are not there in your relationship with God, though you will not be able to take this communion, uh, please examine where you are. And if you haven't received communion kit, as you walk in, please raise your hand and our leaders and officers will be able to uh, hand over a uh, communion kit. Okay? So those who haven't received or picked it up, raise your hand so we will uh, go to you and serve you. But let us confess our faith through Apostles' Creed at this time. I believe in God, the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, ascended into heaven, 
is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to the communion table and take life and the blood of Jesus Christ in faith that you are the creator and that you are the healer of our lives. That you have a power to renew and clean and create a new heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus said, Take this, divide it among yourselves. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So if you carefully open the first top layer, that you'll find the wafer that symbolized the body of Jesus Christ. Uh, you may take this. And like the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Just like our theme, uh, his life being poured out due to the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us receive, be renewed, so that we'll be able to live a life being poured out unto one another. So you may open up the next cover. And you may take the cup together. Please take the empty communion kit and when you exit, uh, there will be boxes or a, a container where that you can put, oh, there's a yeah, plate. Let's all stand together. Heavenly Father, we come before you as your children. And it is your heart to renew us. It is your heart for us to live a life with our heart, not only to you, but to one another. And we pray that your spirit 
will guide us, but also minister to us so that our hearts will be strengthened. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, unconditional love of our God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be upon children of God as we open our hearts to God, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.